Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. This is Jill's Journals Out Loud. This is the straight, unedited, one-shot version, so please bear with me with any kind of external issues. And deep breath, today is the last day of September. I'm talking to you. It is officially uh, 10 to 6 a.m. here in the middle-ish area of New Mexico. Uh, The little dog is sleeping, so I am taking advantage of this moment. It's still dark. Uh, We don't get sunrise for quite some time. Uh, It is the only time that I am pretty sure that I will be calm and focused because who knows what the day will bring. So I wanted to record this while I could focus before I uh, launched into the day or the world launches into its day. Uh, But I also normally give you this podcast as a paid subscriber podcast only. Uh, I'm going to post this one for everybody today because uh, time feels short. And uh, if I was going to give you something that I felt like was valuable, uh, I don't want to put it behind a paywall. Uh, I want to keep the paywall stuff, you know, just pretty practical in many ways because people who invest money are more likely to be people who invest time and energy into creating change and if there's one thing that you take from what I try to offer you here it is a pathway to creating change it doesn't mean that it will work for you but I also know that no one else can do the work for you but what I have found over my life of constant focusing on what do I need to do to, to change because it's usually, you know, to stop what I don't want and create more of what I do want, right? Uh, it is that you have to do the work, but without people uh, sharing their experiences or reminding me of what the truth is or giving me hope or inspiring me through their stories, Uh, I feel like the only thing I can do is give those same things back because uh, it's just not a perfect journey forward and it's hard and I don't really see things getting much easier in the near future or probably for a very long time. So one of the things I like to ask you to do is to take a deep breath, really remember to get that old crummy air out of your lower lobes. Get in some good breathing, let the lower lobes get some circulation, and that is really where all the healing occurs because, you know, that's sort of a a great metaphor for how we live our life, right? Because most of us, as I am right now, are slumped over and we just use the top 10 to 12% of our lungs. But the only thing that's beneficial is when we deep breathe. We have five lobes and it's when the air circulates, uh, it gets new air and the old air gets out of those lower lobes that real healing, real vitality, real change occurs. And I think that's the same for our mind, our heart, and our spirit. If we just do the superficial stuff all day every day, if we just information gather, if we just skim the surface, if we just shallow breathe, eventually our body, our mind, our heart, and our spirit just burn out. And so I think I like the idea of this podcast being just a moment to take a deep breath, not just literally with your lungs, but also with your mind and your heart and your spirit, because 
the body and the world occupy most of our time, our focus, our energy, uh, and yet they're the least valuable thing. And so uh, that really brings me to what I wanted to talk or speak to today. Uh, and that's really what is valuable. And in the last podcast, I spoke to the idea of kindness. And I wanted to play both sides. So I, I know I uh, you know, was asking a lot of questions and I was talking about my own uh, hesitations. And uh, you know, I do that partially because I want to inspire thinking. I want you to think about how it is for you. Uh, it's not important how things are exactly true for me because the, the gift is not in knowing about me the gift is what can you learn within yourself uh, so that's what I try to focus on not trying to be uh, telling you stories that I either look really good which is what most people do give you the fake story or you know I look really bad to for whatever purpose uh, my goal is to really inspire you to think and so I will uh, try to do that in the best way I know how and that is by just talking because what I've learned is uh, we're in a moment in time where uh, it's hard. You, I cannot read online. I know people do, but the 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 absorption rate of trying to leave, read words on a screen is just microscopic. Most people can't even tell you. I can't even tell you what I just read. Uh, you know, short of a headline. Uh, when you do video, because there's a visual, you are uh, actually almost hearing nothing you're moving into more of a uh, observer passive state and so the you know the two most active ways of bringing information in are reading which is kind of off the table and listening so that to me is the power of the podcast is that you're forced to decide if you want to listen and if you do choose to listen then you're firing off all these fabulous neurons and creating new pathways and uh, waken your brain up that allows you to decide what your mind, your heart, and your spirit can do with information as opposed to uh, visually watching it and just sort of having everything shut down or having your brain condition your mind, your heart, and your spirit. And, uh, and one of the reasons I'm focusing on this idea of how do I drive my nervous system versus having my nervous system drive me is that the bombardment right now is overwhelming. It's so difficult. You can understand everything intellectually, but the integration, the application, uh, the reality of what's happening is really, really hard. And I think one of the other things that's going on, and I know it is for me personally, is that a lot of old stuff is coming up and I've been you know asking like what's up with that why am I having like old trauma triggers or old emotional issues that I haven't thought about forever uh, my personal belief is that this lifetime is really about uh, doing as much internal work as we can and there's nothing more powerful than our experiences to stimulate us to, to look at what is it that, what dark corner do we need to clean out? What belief do we need to examine? Uh, what can we do to uh, clean ourselves up? Because the reality is, as you know, I've always said, if you're just fat and happy sitting on the couch watching TV eating Cheetos, 
I don't think that's why we came into the world. You know, it's nice to take breaks. We all need vacations and holidays. Uh, and sometimes we need decades of downtime. We're all having different experiences. But, man, this is the roller coaster of all roller coasters. And for those of you who enjoy the rush, now is a lifetime like no other. Uh, and so one of the things that's occurred to me uh, as this, these last three weeks have been extremely difficult for me, uh, is that, you know, my observation over the last decades of my life is, uh, you know, first when I'm younger, right, I think I know everything, and now it's sort of this endless stripping away of uh, what I think I know, what I think will solve my problem, what I, what I think my solution will be, uh, and having to look at the aftermath of all of that. And the way I wanted to sort of summarize that today was that, uh, and a lot of you who listen, we're, we're all very good problem solvers. But when we fixate on solving the problem, I think we're really missing what's going on underneath that. That's the thing that is valuable. Uh, and I think one of my great big battles these last few years has been, you know, I'm going to call them self-imposed limitations because conscious or not, you know, that's what my limitations are doing. They're limiting me uh, and they have been limitations financially. They've been, lately, they've been limitations physically and mentally and emotionally just from, you know, the amount of pain and fatigue and uh, struggle that I've been experiencing these last few years uh, as my body is changing you know it's degenerating with autoimmune illnesses it is you know it's had some dramatic hormone changes and uh, and then there's just the what we would call normal aging although I'm not exactly sure you know how we uh, define that versus what's real about that as in you know a lot of indigenous cultures they don't have the same changes that we do <laughs> So uh, I don't know how much of that is. Oh, that's my uh, alarm. I don't know how to turn off on one of my watches. It beeping in the background there. And so, you know, as I'm, as I'm starting to give up because I can't get in front of solving every single problem to ever get to, quote unquote, the life I want, uh, you know, I'm having to ask really hard questions. You know, as the world is falling apart and I can't, get my stuff even sorted like I'm I've been stuck in my stuff for years now as a barrier to just basic things and uh, you know I think not yesterday but the day before yesterday I finally got almost everything back in my horse trailer and so I had decided I can't remember what I've shared publicly and whatnot uh, I never want to be in a situation where I'm trapped again and I you know allowed myself to kind of spread out and uh, I want to be contained and you know one of my reasons that I've spread out is because I can't work and I can't do my exercises and I can't do all these other things because I have too much stuff inside this tiny space and the reason I have too much stuff is because I'm afraid of the end of the world and so like so many of you you know I'm trying to prepare and plan for all the things I won't be able to buy or that I might need 
you can't just do just in time anymore. You know, we're facing a very uncertain future. And so I have all these conflicting goals that are, that are unresolvable. There's no universe where everything comes together, right? There's no amount of money that can solve all of my problems. And uh, there's no future in which I become, you know, wildly different as a human being, right? And there's no world that's going to just allow me to step into it and every single external problem is just going to disappear and then I get to have right my fantasy life what I want when I want how I want uh you know any way I want and and I think you know before now most of us lived with kind of a hope that that uh there with, I don't even know that it was conscious, that there's a buffer, right? Like if I get sick, I can call 911. Uh, if I get in trouble, uh, you know, there's a, for food, there's food banks for food stamps. If I get uh, lonely, I can go, you know, hook up online. Uh, if I get uh, bored, I can entertain myself. So we've had all these problems that have been solved for us, uh, you know, most of them have been a commerce, uh, how can we make money on solving our problems, uh, without ever really taking the time to dive underneath and ask, well, what is it that I'm not looking at because I'm fixated on solving this problem so I don't have to deal with it? And I think, you know, the great unraveling will be uh, that it will be too much. Most people don't want to look at what's underneath, and so that's when they check out, whether it's, uh, you know, intentional or uh, it is manifested, you know, through Alzheimer's uh, is avoidance in a manifestation kind of way, or drug addiction is a manifestation in a uh, different sort. But they both have the same outcome. They both equal... Uh, checking out, and I, I can't deal with this, I don't want to deal with this, I want to disassociate. Uh, and that's to me what's so interesting about the more I look at all this and the more I think about how important it is to drive our own nervous system because so much of our navigation in the world is through our fight-flight-freeze response because we problem solve as a way to avoid oftentimes what we don't want to deal with. If I can just, and I'm having this conversation with you, right? If I can just get enough energy, if I can just get enough money, if I can just get enough space, if I can just get enough food to prepare. I was just listening to uh, you know, a finance guy talk about his version of, of survival is you know, to buy a refrigerator and put more food in it or a freezer okay, but nothing about his life changes. So what happens when the electricity goes out? How are you going to get food? Right? So we problem solve to avoid having to look at the discomfort underneath that. And for him, you know, this guy has built his life around uh, financial information. Well, that's had stock and value, pun intended, in the past. But in a world without, without electricity, financial product, a financial-based career, it just doesn't mean anything. I don't know if any of you watched that movie, Defiance. It's really good. It's about four bro or three brothers uh, in uh, World War II 
who were Jewish and instead of just you know passively uh, walking into the concentration camps like so many did they retreated to the forest because they were fighters you know and they knew the forest they knew how to hunt they knew how to handle a gun they knew how to hide you know one of them was bit of a troublemaker so he knew you know how to be a little more criminal than the other <laughs> but but they retreated into the forest and and slowly people started showing up and finding them uh, and they built this whole community in the forest uh, but they do a pretty good job of showing the brutality of trying to survive in the forest and how hard it was but at one point you know as the newcomers would come in uh, they would say, you know, what what did you used to do? Like, what skills do you have? And I remember uh, this one guy, I was an accountant, and they just look at him, right? And he's got soft hands and uh, glasses and underdeveloped shoulders, and it's like, well, what are you going to do? Because our survival is now extremely physical. Now, he found his place. He was one of the ones who organized the information. So I'm not saying that there aren't skills, but but so many of us have built an identity based on a world that if it crumbled it's not a problem we can solve and it will be too much and we will check out and and this is my you know super long-winded way of getting to what I really wanted to talk about is that uh, when we're unable to look underneath whatever the problem solving and I'm not saying you know there's practical stuff right like you know it stinks in here it's time to take the trash out I'm not talking about that I'm talking about that sort of subconscious thing we do of trying to solve problems as a way to avoid uh, maybe what the discomfort of the problem is trying to show us and that to me was a lot of what the kindness conversation was about because uh, the real question you know isn't do I want to be kind the real question is uh, you know why are we here in the world like what is the real purpose of the world and we all are going to have a different answer around that but uh, and I, so I don't know how it is for you but for me a lot of times you know when I'm doing my reading and stuff I will hit upon a sentence that's so simple and so true uh, but it can take me 10 years to get to what the the real meaning or more you know some statements like the, the statement know thyself you will spend your lifetime and many more maybe all of eternity understanding what know thyself actually means now some of us will solve that problem by science and biology and be happy and done and move on uh, for those of you who are eternal searchers like me there's never going to be an end to the journey of that question and so you know sometimes a simple statement or a simple sentence uh, just goes on in an ear and out the other and we might see it again 10 years later but when I read this sentence, uh, I don't know how many years it's been, 20 years, some maybe more, uh, 30 years, it, it was, uh, you know, what, what substitute for love are you seeking? And that's not the exact, I can't remember the exact phrase, but the, the point being is that everything we are trying to do in this world and with our body is seeking something that will substitute for love. Now, most of us think about love as romantic or relationship. Uh, I think about love as the power of the universe uh, that holds everything together. And uh, there has been a corruption and a perversion of what love is. 
But if you start stripping everything away, right, if you go down to what I've been talking about the last few weeks, survival, I mean, safety and comfort is that what we try to substitute for love is some version of safety and comfort. And when we can't get it, we say, well, God, if you loved me, you would keep me alive. If you loved me, you would heal me. If you loved me, you would give me a perfect partner. We're not really asking the question, what is love? We're just sort of unconsciously running around looking for a lot of substitutes. And what what I'm noticing out in the world right now is people who don't normally talk about these kinds of things are starting to have uh, you know, the kindness conversation or the God conversation or uh, what's really important conversation, you know, and there's that statement, there are no atheists in foxholes. And, and so when you start to lose control and you can't fix or solve a problem, then you become open to something else. And so, you know, part of that kindness conversation is really about what is, what is love and what is kindness? Is it, uh, there's a, I think I talked about this baby kitty, right? So, uh, yesterday or the day before it must have been the day before because I went to town yesterday this baby kitty it's I don't know it's probably maybe four months old now skinny 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 right its whole body is hardly bigger than its tail but it used to be really stealthy uh, and its mom was with it but I've noticed something's running around i sorry if I'm repeating myself I can't remember uh, what I've been saying lately uh, to who and where, right? And so, because I talk to myself, so I don't always know what I share with you and what I just talk out loud to myself or a private audience of one. But anyways, there's been quite a few animals that I've observed. There's a brown bunny, the you know, the brown and the black bunny had a little white baby and a little black baby. Uh, you know, then there was this black cat and then the black baby and the black cat. And so there's all these animals that I, you know, watch outside my window uh, but I've been aware that they've been disappearing, and all that's left, all the the white and black baby, I think, are done are gone. The brown mommy bunny is gone, uh, and now it looks like the black cat mommy is gone. So all I see now is the black bunny chasing around the wild bunny. So I'm assuming that's the boy, uh, and uh, this little baby black cat. And so what is today? Friday. So it must have been Wednesday. I mean like 25 times I saw this cat walking back and forth across the road into its little two hiding places. But it's sitting out there and it's watching and, you know, my dog's watching it. And, you know, what I'm assuming is that it's lonely and it's observing all these other animals trying to decide. Because there's also two other kitties not very far away from it who are getting bold and are out, you know, exploring uh, you know, it's starting to ask its little self, you know, I is it, what else is out there? And it's it's young enough where it hasn't had lots of world experience, like the older cats and the older bunnies that are, you know, how to hide. Uh, and so it's making itself extremely exposed. And I keep looking at it, you know, asking the question, should I feed it? Should I help it? Uh, and so when I went to the store, I had it in my head, well, I'm going to buy some cat food. Uh, just because I feel so sorry for this tiny skinny little bunny but I forgot because I got fixated on other things and and what is the and and this is why you know I'm bringing up a bunny story because nobody's feelings will get hurt right so what is the kind thing to do is to feed this kitty 
make it dependent on cat food so it stops hunting because there's plenty of mice and rodents around right there's no shortage of, of food sources for it clearly it's knows how to feed itself otherwise you know it wouldn't still be alive so do I do I make its life easier by providing it with food and water and there are uh, open water containers on the property uh, but then what happens when I'm not here anymore what happens when I don't have cat food anymore what happens when I invite it closer make it feel safe and then I abandon it because my life changes. Is that really the kind thing to do? Or would it be kinder to just pray for it and let it have its hard experiences? Uh, you know, am I avoiding it because I know it's going to end up getting killed because everything apparently is getting killed right now? Uh, and that's the way nature is. It's killing the mice and somebody's, you know, it eats something and someday something's going to eat it. Uh, am I not being kind by giving it, you know, two months of comfort and then taking it away and then now it's struggling in the, you know, the absolute cold of winter? Uh, I, again, you know, I don't have these answers, but, but as we were, uh, you know, I was listening, uh, you know, to more what's happening in the world because I'm like you, I still want to know. Checking out from the world I don't think is the solution. Finding a way to drive ourselves through it is and so you know one of the things that's breaking my heart is especially in Europe right now is all the elderly people who've done nothing but work hard and put into the system are now too old and frail to help themselves and they're going to freeze to death because uh, all of us and them included when they were younger we all just sat back and assumed that everything would be okay we weren't wild enough to understand the necessity of uh, being responsible for how we move through the world we just accepted we worked hard and we kept our heads down but we didn't ask questions and what is kindness in this situation and you know and, and in and my mind kindness for you know the elderly is to heat their houses but if we don't let some people get cold right there will be no motivation to solve this problem and what's underneath this problem isn't why don't we have enough heat this winter the the real problem is what is love is love giving all your power away and letting some external entity provide for you and then you know getting depressed and upset or angry or violent when they take that away right so if I have to, if I'm feeding this kitty and I'm making it a nice little house and a warm place and uh, you know and it's comfortable for two months well, what happens when I'm not here anymore or you know something happens to me and it's now wandering around going I don't know how to feed myself I don't know how to stay warm I don't know how to get my own water have I really done the kind and loving thing and you know that's the whole point of, of being young and being old is that you know kindness and love right are teaching the young to take be responsible and take care of themselves uh, as an adult you function and then in a normal healthy culture and society 
is then you take care of the old ones who did all the work of taking care of you when you're young. That's paying it back. That's giving in the cycle of life. Uh, right now we have uh, young people who say, you know, let's just let the old people die. They're useless because they have no appreciation for who fed them and wiped their butts when they were babies and kept them warm. Uh, so it's not black or white. It's not uh, simple. It's complex. And so when you, you know when I ask that question, what are you seeking that's a substitute for love? We substitute safety and comfort for love because the hard lessons, uh, some of us become more loving with the hard, hard lessons. Some of us become less, right? Sometimes we have to experience consequences to develop empathy. Uh, and sometimes when we experience consequences, we get angry and vindictful and vengeful, right? And so there is no simple path forward on this, but, but at the end, you know, truth is very, very simple. Like, what are we trying to substitute for love? And, and, you know, there's those horrible monkey experiences, experiments where they gave the baby monkeys, you know, a wire mommy or food or a terry cloth covered wire monkey you know and the babies would would choose comfort they would choose the the wire terry cloth because they were desperate to be comforted because as an infant we seek comfort and and food becomes comfort because we don't understand hunger we just know that we hurt so those connections haven't been made you know what what we do is we get injured right and then we say, well, I'm not going to look for comfort. I'm going to look for safety. Like me, you get survival oriented when you didn't get, you know, your comfort need. When your comfort was compromised as a child, you know, you sort of revert over to survival uh, and vice versa, you know. So it's a complex subject for all of us. But we're moving into a period of time that's going to be very hard to watch. And it's going to be very hard to see. It's going to be very hard to hear. It's going to be very hard to experience. But when you can step back and understand that sometimes we have to experience the hard thing. We have to experience consequences that are painful uh, to remove our judgment, uh, to, uh, to allow us to be empathetic, to have compassion, uh, because I'm going to tell you at the end of your life, most people aren't talking about money and survival and stuff. They're talking about their relationships. And for most people, relationships are about love, trying to get love, uh, trying to give love, trying to connect with things that are alive. And, uh, you know, in my world, alive means, you know, God and animals and nature and people. It's not just a one-on-one -on -one relationship. So it's not about you need to go be and with people. It's, it's about how do you open your heart and you connect in a way that creates love. Because at the end of the day, that's really what we're seeking. And these experiences are 
pushing us to realize that or they're shutting us down because we don't want to deal with that. And so, you know, when I hear about what's going to be happening and starting to happen in Europe where there's no energy and uh, these aren't people that did anything wrong. They just did the best that they could. And, you know, maybe as a spirit, they're willing to go through that to teach those of us who can still take action, right, to be inspired to create change. I don't know. There's a million ways to look at all these things. But, uh, I, you know, I one of the most important things I think about this moment in time is, is we're all starting to realize there's no... All, every single problem is not going to get solved. And, and we can't just go back to being unconscious and having people that don't care about us promise to take care of us in a way in which we have uh, safety and comfort, but we don't have to have love. We don't have to have kindness. We don't have to have awareness. We don't have to have responsibility. And for any of you who've been in crisis, there's nothing more beautiful than an act of kindness. Uh, and there's nothing more painful than, you know, trying to do a good deed and having, you know, the other person uh, try to steal from you, right? You open your door and they take everything. I mean, there's, uh, you know, you could go on with this forever, but it's, it's a hard lesson to have yourself in a position where you can't problem solve your way out of it. Uh, it's hard to watch. I think, you know, where parents have gotten into trouble with their kids is that they're micromanaging. They don't let them experience the consequences of their choices in the small way as children where you don't usually get that hurt. And so we become adults and we do it in big ways. You know, one of the things, you know, I think that's important for men is to get into a fight, right? And so, you know, when two 10-year-olds fight each other, nothing really bad is going to happen but you have that experience and you get your your needs met you know i think fights are an important part of a masculine developmental process if you never let little boys fight then you know you take two 25 year olds and there's all kinds of bad things that happen uh, what's even worse is you stick them behind a gun and you organize them without understanding, you know, they don't have any understanding of consequences. And so when we take all those lessons away from our kids, because we're so afraid they will have some kind of discomfort, we're so afraid they might not be safe, we remove the natural developmental process. Uh, there's a doctor, Thomas Callan, who does some really interesting stuff around this virus thing. And he talks about how uh, much we don't understand what a virus even is, but that one of the things that they're finding is when children have viruses, it it progresses them developmentally into into creating a healthy immune system. Uh, and what we've done with our kids to quote unquote protect them and keep them safe is to vaccinate and to uh, give them antibiotics and to keep them in a sterile environment with all this antibacterial stuff 
so they don't have any immune system they can't function as an adult out in the world and uh, you know I remember it was really interesting I read the study when you have dirt underneath your fingernails right as kids playing outside it actually makes you smarter because it forces your immune system to respond in such a way that your brain actually becomes stronger. I mean, there's so much we just don't understand. And, you know, the more I go down the science, the more I return that the body is infinitely wise when it lives in nature as we were created to live. And all this other stuff we do is just doing nothing but screwing us up. But now we're at the end of this experiment of taking ourselves out of the natural world uh, we're reaping the consequences of that, and it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch uh, children uh, be sacrificed in the way that we sacrifice them right now. It's hard to watch old people be cold and sick and lonely. Uh, it's hard to watch people dying of addiction because they can't deal with any of this. What we're in the midst of and moving towards is going to be excruciating to watch. Because for those of us who like to solve problems, and a lot of you are very good problem solvers, you know, and I actually, uh, you know, get frustrated with people because they're always trying to solve my problems. And, and, you know, my message is, is there's something underneath the problem solving that needs to get looked at. And so sometimes the point isn't to solve the problem. The point is to look at what's underneath because what's underneath is the thing that's preventing you maybe from having a deeper connection with what is love. What is it that we're trying to substitute for love uh, as safety and comfort? And that's a body world question, right? Because as a spirit, we're not in danger. Uh, there's only, you know, our connection uh, with love. And for anybody who's had that uh, connection, you know, whether it's in prayer, whether you've had a near-death experience, or whether you've popped out of your body, uh, when you experience what the love of God feels like at that level, then all of this seems ridiculous. But what I've learned, and there's a great book called After the Ecstasy, you know, there's laundry. You can't sustain that level of connection. Your body would disintegrate. The vibration is too high. Uh, and you forget because you can't you know, spend enough time there, uh, and it's not practical, you know, when I get into those places, like, I don't want to chop wood and carry water, right, I'm, like, totally unmotivated, it's the body's hunger, and the body's cold, and the body's tired that motivates me to do the functional stuff, you know, being blissed out is awesome for a little while, but it doesn't allow me to function at a physical level, and I'm in a body, and I'm in the world, and so, you know, it's balancing those things. But as I, you know, have had all these health issues the last few years, and I've had all these uh, frustrations and limitations, not just mine, right, but the what's going on out in the world, you know, I had a tiny victory two days ago where I, oh, I finally got my stuff back in, so now I don't have to think about my stuff every single day. But it's, but now I'm like, okay, but now I've got all these other things I need to move on to that have been by the wayside because I don't have enough time and energy to get everything on my body world list done to solve all my problems so that I can get to right XYZ and for me you know that's truth that's love that's God that's creativity it's all the 
the good stuff that I put on hold while I'm trying to mess with the practical stuff. Uh, you know, and, and that goes back to that uh, safety comfort. You know, I focus on survival at the sacrifice of comfort. Some people focus on comfort at the sacrifice of survival. And then we get angry with each other when there's real issues, right? When there's nobody to blame or nobody to come in and save the day and you're left with yourself. Uh, you know, right now I'm left with myself. Like I am never going to be able to get ahead of all my physical limitations to experience the life that goes on in my head that I think will make me happy. Uh, I can, but I can have kindness. I can have love. I can have joy. I can have peace regardless of anything that's going on in my body or the world. It's just really hard. And so sometimes you have to experience pain. You have to experience discomfort. You have to experience threat. You have to experience terrible consequences to get the lesson underneath. You know, I'm having that with Haven, whose uh, you know, little favorite game is keep away. Well, keep away triggers my emotional dysregulation like nobody's business but what's underneath my flood of rage is not that she's a bad dog it's that hey but if you don't understand when I say come come something bad is going to happen to you I can't keep you safe if you won't listen to me but she doesn't understand that and I don't always have the capacity to be calm about it now I will say the good news is that she's starting I didn't think she was ever going to change I'm like oh my god I've got another lifetime of a dog because freedom would never come back to me ever unless he was ready regardless of what scary thing is going on out in the world and uh, she is starting to come back and not play keep away all the time <laughs> Uh, not because, uh, you know, she's a bad dog, but because she doesn't understand she's a puppy. She doesn't have consequences. You know, freedom as a puppy learned that something, you know, in his first year and a half, he wasn't with me. So his consequences of what uh, coming to uh, the human were not good. You know, he would, if he was afraid, he would come to me. Uh, if I was afraid, he didn't come to me uh, most of the time because he did not understand what the danger was like he didn't understand you know that if you go under the fence uh, the rancher will kill you right I understood that he only understood you know you, woo-ha we're going for a run right this is fun like I'll never forget that day it was a terrible blizzard and he ran off into the blizzard and I couldn't see where he went and he was under the fence and so I couldn't follow into the neighbor's yard who I didn't trust towards the house where the neighbor was and it I was just you know beside myself because uh, you know I can't run after a dog in a blizzard under a fence and I can't see him anymore I have no idea where he went and it was about an hour later he came back and in his mind <laughs> right no problem everything is fine you know my mind I'm completely psychotic because I can't keep my dog safe uh, and you know that's my driver that's my I have to solve every problem for that goes around safety uh, and we're all very different so uh, you know the thing we have in common is that we're all seeking love whether we want to name that out loud or consciously 
Uh, and most of us define it as a human body in a world through the filter of safety and comfort. Uh, you know, and that's just a super generalization. You know, food, water, shelter is still safety. You know, comfort is uh, relationships and fun and, you know, things like that, distraction. Uh, we all def define it that way. Most of us don't think about it. Uh, and then when we solve problems, that's another layer, right? We try to solve the problem to get us back to whatever our issues are or our priority is around safety and comfort. But sometimes we can't, you know, and I think about now that I'm having, you know, my uh, experiences with frailty, right, with vulnerability, with physical limitations, you know, I can't run, I can't walk that far. Uh, it's super scary, right? So it threatens all of my need for safety. All my alarm bells go off. Uh, but it's not a problem I can solve. I can't just magically become 30 and perfect health, right? Uh, this is real. And I won't be able to run away from everything. And I won't be able to defend against everything. And I won't be able to protect who I love from everything. And these are horrible, horrible realities. So the question underneath becomes... Uh, you know, what is it that I need to learn because I can't always solve the problem? And usually you can't get to willingness to listen to what's underneath the problem solving until you have that option taken away from you. And it's very painful to have it happen to you. And it's even more painful, I think, to watch, right? Like I think most of us would agree we would rather take on a problem than watch someone we cared about take on that problem. And uh, it is uh, what I believe. It's why we're here. We're not here to have a perfect body and a perfect relationship and a perfect house and perfect comfort and perfect finances and perfect everything. We're here to learn, to understand, and grow. Uh, and that's why, you know, I think you hear so many people all of a sudden hitting their knees and talking about God that maybe never had before because we're having everything that's created comfort and safety stripped away. There's no way to solve this problem in the body and in the world in 100% that's going to take us back to that soft place most of us have been living in. Uh, and for most people, it will be too much. And every day now, I am just getting a deeper understanding of why we can't solve the problems. Uh, we can look at what it's trying to teach us. You know, at the end of the day, it is about love, I believe. But the practical side to it isn't you know, to control my water supply or to uh, decide who I'm going to talk to and who I'm not. The practical piece now is uh, going back to the nervous system. It's because it's the one that's responding to all of the stuff around me and it's overwhelmed because there's too much to respond to. Uh, and if I can't drive it and it's driving me, I will lose, right? There's no way I'm not going to crash and burn. Uh, if I can just stop trying to solve every problem uh, and step back and focus on 
understanding my responses and how I can navigate those better emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Uh, and then what do I have to let go of? Because I can't run. I can't, nobody, I don't care how much money you have, you cannot buy your way out of a global issue. You can't, there's no amount of money that's going to make the sun do what you want, right? I mean, these are just incredibly uh, poor defenses for a world that no longer is going to be a, a bubble of comfort for all of us. We are going to have to have uncomfortable experiences. And when you're faced with the unsolvable that's mostly when people go back and say, okay, God, you know, please help me. Uh, and, and the way to really navigate that is to be able to create the physical uh, nervous system response to allow that to happen. Uh, if you want to get into the kind of esoteric stuff, it's really interesting about uh, how we are connected to the field or the ethers, like I call them, or whatever. I mean, there's a, it's all like interrelated but at a practical level, uh, if you don't understand the basics about your nervous system, if you don't understand the gut or the fight or the flight or the freeze or the sympathetic stress versus parasympathetic, which is rest and recover, if you don't understand those basic things, it's like being in a car with a driver. It's not being, it's not you driving your car. And, you know, for most of us who are listening, we're not con maybe control freaks, but we're responsible we want to function, we want to participate, we want to be active. So we understand that it's hard work, but it's really hard when you can't, there's no amount of work that will solve the problem. And so what's underneath that, and almost always what's underneath that is uh, safety and comfort. And what's under safety and comfort is what is it that we're trying to substitute for the for love and to me you know if you've had the experience of the love of God it just is so surpasses everything that you go like oh but you can't stay there and so it doesn't mean that you know the day in and the day out aren't a little bit hard and frustrating uh, and get away from you when you don't feel good so I'm going to take another deep breath we kind of went on a long time today I can see the light is starting to come up so my day is just beginning. Uh, we're cold. I turned the heat on, but now uh, it is now 48 degrees in here. So I'm going to have to like suck it up and actually run the heat in the morning here as opposed to just layering myself with clothes and blankies. Uh, eventually, I think it drops down into the 30s, which is then I do have to have a heat source. I cannot suck it up anymore. So with that, I hope you are doing well. I hope that we have a calm weekend because uh, out in the world, things are heating up big time and we can't control any of it and there is no guarantee of safety and comfort. But the one thing nobody can take away from us is how we manage our own nervous system, what we choose to do in kindness, what we define and believe in as love, uh, and whether you want to call it God, creation, spirit, whatever, nobody can take that from you. That is all your real experience. And uh, 
I believe the only thing that really matters, even though it's hard when you're cold and hungry to not kind of focus on that. So with that, have an awesome day, an awesome weekend, and I will see you soon. Uh, I'm kind of off schedule because I'm still kind of a little hair on fire. Uh, as the world is getting in crisis, I'm trying to you know, get myself re-straightened out so that I can adapt to the wild uncertainty, which at the time includes no water. So with that, my friends, have a fabulous day, and I will see you next time. And I'm so glad you're here. <laughs>